What is a man? Some say just a miserable pile of secrets. Well, we're going to find out if that's true as we review season one of the critically acclaimed Netflix anime series based on the ever so popular Konami franchise. And that, of course, is Castlevania. Cody, we're back! We're back for Shonen and Suds. How the hell are you, bud? Chris, I'm down in the dumps. Uh, I'm happy to be reviewing Castlevania, but of course, you know, Chris, my, my football team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they lost last night. Oh, not, not only did they lose, Cody, they lost to the Browns. They, they got sent to Browntown, man. It's very sad. Very sad. So we took the day off work, and we're, we're starting the podcast a little early today. Yeah, we are, but it's never too early to start cracking cold ones, especially since, uh, you know, you need to you need to kind of drown those sorrows. And uh, it's actually kind of funny. Um well, before we get before I get into that, because I, you know, because <laughs> like when I, I had this, you know, that intro I had lined up, you, uh, when you were like, oh, I haven't played any Castlevania games except for one and two, and I was like, well, fuck, he's not going to get my intro. But we'll uh, we'll we'll dive into that. Of course, this is Shonen and Suds. I'm your host Chris Adams, and I am Cody Snodgrass. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it was because like. So this, what is a man? I'm sure you, you've seen the memes, right? The miserable pile of secrets, like Dracula, like sitting in his chair. Um, no, nothing. It's not bring, not anything to nothing. Bringing nothing to you. I don't think so. I think I don't think I've seen any of that. I've seen like stuff that says like, I believe it's from Symphony of the Night, where it says like, "What a terrible night to have a curse" or something like that. That's from Castlevania Two. Uh, Symphony of the Night is oh, that's the, from Two. Okay, that's where from two. Dracula Dracula's line says like the first thing he says. Um, well, so Richter walks up the stairs when you're fighting him, and he's like, "Die, monster!" And he's just like, "What is a man? He's a miserable pile of secrets." And he's like, "Have at you!" And then like the fight starts. So like, that's just such a random fucking thing to say when someone's like, "Die, monster!" <laughs> Interesting. And it's like what? But yeah, so I was like, "Well, shit!" But, I, but you know, I stuck with it because it, it's going to make sense to people that have played it. And with that being said, Cody, now we're all going to chastise you for not having played Symphony of the Night. But that's right. You said you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be on that corrective course, and I, I know you'll get there. That's right. One of these days, maybe by like by the time season five rolls around, I'll be I'll be all <laughs> Castlevania'd up. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of them in the franchise to play. Um, but of course, you know, like I said, we're talking about season one of Castlevania, and uh, Cody, it's, I, I've watched this multiple times, and I enjoy it every single time I watch it. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, I think when the game first actually came out is probably when I first messaged you and I was like, what Castlevania game should I be playing? And that was on... Like, oh, man. This is this was, what, a couple of years back, I guess. It has to have been. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was like... I think I, think I straight up told you uh, you need to play Castle the first one and Symphony of the Night. Like, I think those are the two I told you. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you suggested, like, the... Is it Requiem as the the remakes, the two remakes? Oh, uh, yes, yeah. Or the two remasters were there. Yeah, because you get Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night on that one, which if those those are two like Desert Island games. Like if I could, if I could only play, well, I, mean, I guess technically it's one game, right? Because they're all in one collection. Um, like that's that's straight up Desert Island for me. Like if I could never play any other like I, the Castlevania Requiem collection, I'd be set for the rest of my life. I think they're that good. Hmm. So glaring review from your boy, but Cody, before we dive too far in. I need to know what you're drinking. Oh, fuck, that was a good one. Well, Chris, I am uh, following in your footsteps 
Because uh, mm-hmm. last week you had the half and half twisted tea. Oh. And uh, I went ahead and went ahead and picked one up for myself. Got the half hard iced tea, half lemonade. And, and it uh, tastes like all gasoline, doesn't it? Oh, it tastes great, Chris. And it, it, it it's <laughs> it's easy uh, because, like, like we said, it, it's only what two twenty my time right now. So it's five, <laughs> five o'clock somewhere. But you know, you want to start with something light before you get into the the heavy stuff. It's true. Uh, twisted tea. I, I have a I have a storied history with twisted teas. It was a. Uh, I usually don't start messing with those until I am so fucking far gone that I don't remember it. Now. Last time I was in Vegas a couple of years ago, me and my buddies, we uh, you know, we were trying to walk from our hotel. We were staying at Treasure Island, and we were walking to Top Golf, which is on the ass opposite end of the strip. So what we do, Cody, is you know we don't drink in you don't drink in the bars at Vegas. Oh no 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 no! You either drink when you're playing table games and slots if the drinks are free, or you just hit the various like corner stores that are on literally every corner on the strip, like the CVS is the right, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So long story short, you know, I'll go into the first, uh, the first corner store right there. When we leave the hotel, I pick up two tall boys, a PBR and I fucking stone cold Steve Austin. Those right down the gullet. Then I throw those cans away, go to the corner store, literally Caddy cornered. You can throw, you can underhand toss a football from the front door of the right aid to the front door of like the Walgreens on the other corner. And I'm not even being facetious. I go in there, I buy three tall boys. I drink one of them in line, and then I drink the other two um, walking down. Then we get two blocks. I go to another corner store. And this is where I get one PBR and two teas. So we get to the Planet Hollywood Casino, Cody, and I'm hammered drunk. And it's like 10 a.m. I'm gone. Um, so we finally get the top golf. Apparently, we just kept drinking all damn day. I probably, I probably knocked back over the course of that day probably like 22 beers and like four twisted teas. Love it was that. a big day. Yeah, big day. <laughs> and they were all like, and it wasn't like 12 ounce boys. It was like tall boys, like 24 ounce cans and 22 ounce drafts, and you know, tall boys of uh, twisted tea. But uh. Last thing I remember, I'm, I'm sitting in the casino. I get, and I don't know what time it is, but I just I, I remember losing all of my motor functions, and my buddy <laughs> had to like get me back upstairs so I could go to sleep. I was done. I was so hammered. But uh, the twisted tea did the trick there. That was the icing on the cake. That was the finale. Oh, it was, in fact, didn't throw up though. I was very impressed with myself. But we love any any kind of dr- drunken tales, Chris. We love to hear those here on Shonen and oh, Suds. I've got so many. I've got but, so many. But now, now uh, the only question, really, Chris, is what? What are you drinking today? Well, you know, I decided to go classy. You know, we're we're talking about you know nobles and castles and blood and you know vampires and you know what? So I was like, Cody, you know, I'm gonna go with the red wine this week. I've got myself a uh, 19 Crimes, which is a brand I've actually I've actually had their red blend on this show before. Um, I'm going with their Pinot Noir. Um, you know, Pinot Noirs are typically uh, medium-bodied red wines. Um, they're typically very, like, jammy and very, um, like, ripe berry kind of flavored. So, you know, I figure so, a classy wine for a classy episode. Love that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm feeling great. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's 325 here. So, you know, yeah. 5 o'clock somewhere, as you said. But, Cody... It's always time to dive right the fuck into season one of Castlevania. 
holy shit. This show, I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. And as we go through each episode, like, literally, Cody, I think the only gripe anybody had with season one is that it was only four episodes. Yeah, it's definitely the only gripe. If you can come up with something else, um, yeah. you, you can let us know. Um, but this show is pretty much flawless, Chris. Um, it's perfect. It's fucking perfect. Yeah, and, Like uh, the voice acting, top notch. Top fucking notch. Yeah, definitely. The voice acting, the animation, the music, the story. I mean, it's, 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 it's got it all. Everything. And that, that's the one thing. And because the animation in this show is so good... The, it, remember how last week I said one of my gripes with Blood of Zeus, which is done by the same studio. Um, one of my gripes there was the, the the animation didn't seem as consistent. And you know, and after watching, you know, back into Castlevania, it's like, oh, it's the same. It, it does. It's that is one hundred percent founded. The animation in Blood of Zeus can't even shine Castlevania shoes. Like the animation in this is just so superb from start to finish. There's yeah. nothing. Sometimes Blood of Zeus felt lazy. This doesn't feel lazy ever. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, man. So Castlevania season one was actually uh, it premiered on Netflix um, in on summer of 2017. I believe it was July 7th, um, and it was it was only had four episodes. And Cody, we kind of talked about this a little bit before the cast started. Um, the reason I think it was only four episodes is maybe that's all that was approved. It was like, hey, we can greenlight four episodes. Or, you know, this is what I, I've got four episodes, you know, just in case. Because, like, like, if it failed or if it got canceled, eh, four episodes, that's something that somebody can just watch real quick and then just move on with the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, you, I think I think that's definitely what happened. It must have been like, a, well, we'll preview for this and we'll see how it goes. And obviously it took off. And right, Season two, eight episodes. We, we, we already doubled our pleasure right off the bat. And then season three increased that to ten episodes. So. The one gripe, the one gripe they had they, that people had, immediately was fixed. Mm-hmm. So, but Cody, I don't know about you, man. I am beyond ready to dive in. And of course, uh, before we do that, though, I just want to say, you know, this like we did say before, the um, it is done by the same studio that is Powerhouse Animation Studios. Um, the show is actually developed by Adi uh, Adi Shankar, which we mentioned before. But the show is actually written. By Warren Ellis, who is a um, he's a he's a comic book writer. I want to say he's a novelist. Um, he um, I want to say he did the. Uh, you ever seen the movie uh, the movie Red with like Bruce Willis and John Malkovich? Mm-hmm. Yep. He wrote. Uh, he was the creator of. I don't want to say he wrote that comic series. Oh, okay, interesting. So to kind of put uh, you know put it in uh, a little bit in perspective there, but also too. Um, Season four uh, was um, announced uh, actually this past year, back in March, or I've well, I got it's 2021. Uh, in March of 2020, season four was announced that, hey, uh, we're, we're having it, but it's also the last season uh, that Warren Ellis is going to be a part of. So that might be a little cause for concern because he's the one who's written this amazing show so far. Yeah, and it, that definitely created com- it. Yeah, definitely. Uh... That's a little worrisome. Um, if it ended on season four, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I, but, I'd be I, if they can if they can tell a complete story by by the end of season four. Season five won't matter if they even have one. So. Yeah, because it seems like once the writer leaves, like especially on something that's like so successful like this, mm-hmm. I feel like he's told his what he wants to tell. 
But we'll have to see how that goes. But right now, Chris, we're going to dive in. Let's do it, man. We've got four episodes to cover, so this one, you know, there's not as much meat on these bones. You know, we got we got some old soup bones in here, but that's really about it. But let's uh, let's dive in, man. These these bones are my bones are aching, Cody. I'm aching to talk about Castlevania. Well, Chris, we are rolling the clock all the way back to 1455. Holy shit! And we are in Wallachia, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, I believe how they pronounce it. Yes. Uh, and we are introduced to a young woman, um, and she is approaching this large, very obscure-looking castle. Mm-hmm. You got like s- skeletons on spikes outside. Very. Uh, there is a field of bodies. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and uh, she go ahead, goes right up to the front door, Chris, and gives it a knock after fighting off some bats, of course. Um, oh, of course, of course. And after knocking, the door like kind of slowly creeps open, and uh, she kind of walks on in and just openly introduces herself as Lisa. Uh, and she's from the village yep. of Lupu, and uh, mm-hmm. basically that she wants to become a doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, she is instantly greeted by Vlad Dracula Tepes. Tepes, yeah. Tepes, okay. And... Um, Obviously, we you've seen you've seen your typical Dracula stories. Um, this is definitely like the coolest looking Dracula by far I've ever seen. You got he's the- very like punk rock, right? Or like very like you know he's very heavy metal. He's got like the long you know, long black hair, pointy ass goatee. But he's also very like I don't know, very suave, sophisticated, which you, you which is very typical for you know interpretations of Dracula. Yeah, he's just the he's just cool, like <laughs> straight up. Yeah, uh, and uh. He, Basically, he's a man who everyone says has this advanced knowledge of science, and basically Lisa is there to try and learn from him. Um, yep. She basically wants to heal and help the people. Um, like it, Basically, if they had real medicine, they wouldn't live such short lives, and they wouldn't be so afraid of everything. Yeah, because I mean, let's be honest, Cody. In 1455, there was literally nothing to do but be afraid of the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that 14, for you know, a little history lesson, 1455 is before fun was invented. <laughs> That's right, Nick. There's not much fun that happens throughout this show, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not bas- a lick, my man. Vlad's like, okay, well, you want to learn this knowledge from me? Like, what what can you what can you offer in return? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of basically says that she wants to she could teach him to explore and travel the world because she could tell just by like the way he is that he doesn't get out much. Yeah, and, very resentful. Like you, you kind of get a vibe right off the bat, Cody, that he's just very resentful of humankind. Which I mean. I mean, let's be honest. He's he's a vampire, so he's probably he's probably not super welcome in people's houses. Right, definitely. Uh, and he actually reveals that he's like travel. He's like my whole castle can travel. Uh, it's like yeah. a whole like this entire structure can mm-hmm. travel somehow. And we'll see that in the later seasons. But uh, mm-hmm. but he also reveals, like you said, Chris, he doesn't have much faith in humanity. Uh, but yeah. you you can kind of tell he's like he like chuckles at the things Lisa says. Like it almost seems like he's growing rather fond of her rather quickly yeah uh, and he ends up showing her his laboratory chris <laughs> oh yes his laboratory um, with with the with the classic fucking vials with bubbling liquid in them shelves of random leather-bound volumes a telescope um i think there's an ori right there in the middle of the floor all kinds of goofy shit all kinds of shit chris scientific you know. trinkets and uh they basically uh that's where that's where their relationship begins. Um, but then, mm-hmm. Chris, we're we're thrown twenty years into the future. We're in fourteen seventy five now. Yeah, and it turns fucking sideways very quickly because uh, when we see Lisa again, she's she's fucking tied up and being burned at the stake. 
That's right. We're in Targovisti, I believe mm-hmm. is the name of the town in Wallachia. I'm assuming Wallachia is like the country that they're in. I, I would assume so. Some Eastern European Esque, something, country. Something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, Lisa's being burned at the stake. You, Chris, this is where we get another perfect example of like the evil religious guys. Um, Dude, <laughs> every fucking time, man. Every time, Chris, we get we meet the evil bishop, and uh, basically he says oh, yeah. that they found things in Lisa's home that make her out to be a witch. Um, even though she says, "Hey, that that's all just science things." Yada yada yada. Which- well, and just you know, to to put a quick uh, a quick not a quick uh, you know pin in that, but like, so let's be honest, like that's kind of a like in real life that that whole that whole mindset is very much a huge blemish on humanity, right? Like, if they weren't in like super God fearing people, like they and, and you you like I want to say like. Like if they found like women that had that, that wanted to read or had pockets, you know, <laughs> they're fucking burner. That she's a witch, burner. You know what I mean? Or if they had different views on religion, oh, she's clearly under the influence of the devil. The only way to fix that is just well, let's just go ahead and burn her. Yeah, it's you a- know, like that's just such a such a nasty blemish on humanity, and like that's real. Like shit like that is very very real, and you unfortunately you still see a lot of zealotous religious. Um, uh, actions for lack of a better way to put it you still see that stuff here in 2021 so it's uh you know that's not a not a relic of the past but it's still very much something you see and mm-hmm. very real no definitely um but yeah so like i said they they've discovered some things in her home um that that point to her being a witch of course so she's being burned at the stake and um basically with her last dying breath she kind of like calls out to dracula who is now her husband um, hmm so 20 years have passed since they first met obviously he was pretty fond of her back then and uh they got married like i don't know who was like who wed them but they're married um and with her last dying breath she cries out uh for him not to take revenge on these townspeople he's like yeah. they don't know what they're doing they're basically kind of being controlled by the church is what it seems mm-hmm. and uh yeah she dies there Oh, yeah. Now we flash over to Lupu Village, which is actually mm-hmm. the village where... That's her hometown. Um, yep. And it seems like Dracula's been on the road, like, traveling. And he returns back to their, like, cottage home. And it's completely destroyed. Oh, yeah. Burnt, Burnt to the ground. Burnt to the ground. And uh, Dracula learns Lisa's fate from, like, a, a townswoman. And she's mm-hmm. like, the bishop took her and he's going to burn her at the stake. Um Dracula's like, where is she? Is is she at, like, the cathedral or, like, where is she at? She's like, oh, she'll be dead by by now. um, Yeah, she's dead by now. And this is where shit hits the fan, Chris. Fucking rage. Yeah. And, like, I love the conversation he has with this woman at this point. He's like, this is going to be my last act of kindness for her. Grab your shit and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because you do not want to be here for what happens next. Yeah, and he's like crying blood. There's fire in his eyes. There's flames oh, everywhere. Man, and his last kindness to to humanity, to humanity, like you said, is t- t- telling the old lady, "Get your shit and go." Yeah, get, get out of here. Because if you're stuck around, I, if you stick around, I can't. I there's nothing I can do for you. That's right. And so he uh, he disappears into like the flames, <sighs> um, and uh, 
now we're back in Targovisti. Which is something from the game, by the way, that little like flame thing. You actually see him do that in all, pretty much every game when the graphical power was there. That's kind of how he like teleports around the screen. Mm-hmm. Well, he appears, well, I guess it's like a, like he appears in the flames, but it's not like really him. It's like a, is it a visage? Like, yeah, like a visage. Cause, yeah, you see, uh, you see Lisa's body and it's just, it's just ash. It just crumbles. And oh boy. Yeah, so he appears in the flames, and he basically questions the bishop in the church's actions and all the townspeople. And he's basically like, they like question like whether or not he's real, um, which just piss, just pisses Satan. him off even more. <laughs> he's like, yeah, look, they're like, they're like, you burn my wife, and I'm fucking here like this, and you still question whether I'm real or not. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and so he basically gives them the Wallachians one year to make peace. Uh, and then he's gonna wipe off, wipe out all human life from Wallachia. Sort your shit out, bruv. You've got a year. That yeah. is it. Yeah, and so he disappears, and we get to see him back in his castle. Um, and he he basically needs a year to summon an army from hell, basically like an yeah. army of like demons and monsters and all the worst things you can imagine, pretty much. And uh, we actually get introduced to what what is believed his to be his son, uh, and he kind of confronts him. And he's like, hey. You don't need to commit genocide. You just need to go over the, go after the man who's responsible for uh, Lisa's death, mm-hmm. and that he basically he kind of confronts him. He's like, "I won't allow you to commit genocide." Um, <clears throat> but nevertheless, so, Chris. Yeah, they clash, and that's pretty much where that scene ends. Yeah, we we see like a brief scene where we see like it almost seems like they attack. Yeah, like you said, they clash, mm-hmm. and then we flash to one year later. God, these fucking idiots. And the bishop and the townsfolk and the church, they're all having a celebration. It almost seems like this is like to mock Dracula even more because like... And this isn't the same bishop that appears, is it? No, yeah, this is like the archbishop. The one I believe that they mentioned early on that was like like sick or dying or just old. I mean, like they're carrying him around on the thing and he's clearly old. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they come out and they give this this speech saying, "Oh, the devil lied and tried to frighten us." <laughs> well, Chris, of course, the sky starts to darken, blood starts to rain. <laughs> yep. And then the cathedral windows explode. Windows explode. Excuse me. And uh, they like stab into the archbishop and like a bunch of like his followers that are up there with him. And uh, mm-hmm. with his last little bit of life, he looks up to see like these flames shoot up and like. Dracula's face once again appears in the fire and he confirms that he warned Such them. Such a cool, what a cool scene where like you see like these flames in the sky and like you see his head just kind of come down like staring at the people. Yeah, and he's like, hey, I warned you, make your peace. <laughs> and uh, But instead you're celebrating, <laughs> you're dead. You're all just fucking dead. Yeah, next thing you see is his castle appears like in, from the smoke and all this stuff and... Uh, all sorts of these demons and monsters that he summoned just begin killing the townspeople, and uh, yeah, he's very a, violently. I might add. Yeah, they have arrived, and uh, he instructs his his army basically. Once he gets done killing everybody in Targovisti, then to head to every town in Wallachia, and he like names off a bunch of towns, and he's like, "And just kill mm-hmm. everyone." Um, yeah, fuck it, let him rip. So yeah, I got all this chaos going on. Meanwhile, we flash over uh, to this tavern. Um, <laughs> and we, we see this we see part. like these two drunks it's like Bosha and like Kip or some, the other mm-hmm. guy they're just two side characters and they're just kind of rambling on telling some stories and uh, 
one of their buddies, Peter, comes stumbling in and he basically says, hey, people are saying Dracula's Horde is, has been seen nearby. And uh, Bosha, like the main like <laughs> asshole, I would say, out of the mm-hmm. out of this group of goons, he's like, says that like he's rambling on and says that the great houses are to blame. And he says that the worst of them is the Belmonts, which our main character, uh, of course, we see him off on the side. He like Just hammered drunk. He's 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 imbibing in the twisted teas and damp his damn self. That's right. But he hears the mention of Belmont and he goes, "Oh!" And he like kind of kind of tries to hide his face. So mm-hmm. clearly, you know, this is a Belmont. Um, and that's where the first episode ends. Yeah. And what's really cool about that? Um, in both scenes in this episode, Cody. Um, clearly that there's a lot of fan service for the games in this show. Um. In the first part of the episode, when you see Dracula talking to the person in the shadow, like you immediately know that's Alucard, just based on how he looks and from the, just like the iconic character design from Symphony of the Night. Like that's that's what this character is based on, or the, the animation is based on. And then you know when you get to this scene that that is clearly a Belmont sitting there because just like the heavy fur and just the way he looks. Like I love that they, I love that. You know, they just kind of let you know who these characters are without without really telling you who they are. So if you play the games, which most people, I mean, not 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 knocking you for not having played these games, Cody, even though it is a crying shame. Um, <laughs> Knock away. <laughs> yeah. By the way, but um, I like how they you know these characters can you know who they are just by by barely even seeing them. Mm-hmm. But. We're diving right into uh, episode. Tell said season two, uh, episode two, where uh, things don't go too uh, well for our hero or his testicles. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I, I actually didn't have that written down. But like some of the the comedy and the humor in the show is actually like, oh, Trevor's so fucking great. He has that like that that English humor that is just it's so fucking dry. And so like I I I cracked up so many times in the show whenever he opens his fucking mouth. It's so great. Yeah, so uh, basically episode two picks off right where episode one ended. Um, mm-hmm. Basha, the the goon, basically, is continuing his talk about the Belmonts. And then our boy from the corner, I was just going to go ahead and say his name because he's going to get introduced here in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor comes up to the bar and he's like, hey, I need some more ale. And um, the goons recognize the crest on his on his like attire mm-hmm. as the Belmont family crest. And uh, he says that the Belmonts dealt with black magic and like monsters and all this stuff. And he, he's he's confronting him at this point. And he attacks, and uh, the man reveals himself as Trevor Belmont, of course. Because mm-hmm. um, he kind of gets defensive there for like, because um, he says they dealt with black magic, but like Trevor almost corrects he corrects him and says, "No, we fought monsters." Yeah, yeah. He, and he, he gets kicked right in the fucking dick. <laughs> That's right, and then a big altercation ensues. It's like all three of their buddies against Trevor, and the bartender even joins in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like you said, plenty of cheap shots to the groin here. Um, Dude, he gets dirty low blowed like twice, right? He, and like after the second one, he's like, will you please leave my testicles alone? <laughs> yeah. So great. And uh, after- you, Well, that, that's how you know right now, and I love... I love while they're fighting my favorite line. Not, not besides leave my testicles alone. He's like, I'm Trevor Belmont. I've never lost a fight to man nor fucking beast. <laughs> it's such a great line. That's right. And after, after all this fighting, uh, comes to an end, uh, 
we don't really get to see the end of the fight, but it seems like Trevor's won the fight. Um, oh, yeah. And he leaves and uh, falls asleep under a tree nearby. And mm-hmm. basically, he's on his way towards Gresset, which is... I, I, don't, I can't remember if this is the town that the Belmonts came from. I I don't know the whole. Castle, I don't I don't remember. History. I don't. I mean, I don't have my. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not super entrenched in the lore, which you know I okay. should be ashamed of that. But uh, maybe. I thought I heard something about it, but I could be totally wrong. Yep. But anyhow, it's this Gresset is this town nearby, which when Trevor's walking up towards it, you can already see like a bunch of the, like the demon monster things from Dracula's army like run off. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, you know that they're already under siege by Dracula's army. Um, so he climbs up the uh, the pipes, which are like, <laughs> like he, I think he calls them shit pipes. <laughs> Chris. Oh yeah, because uh, obviously, like the water and everything is kind of burbling up, and he has to, like hop his way over to it. And like, right when he's about to go in, you just see like all this fucking water and bile just come flying out. And he's like. <sighs> I'm sure you guys don't give any warning before you clean your shit pipes. That's right. And uh, so he, he sneaks into the town, and this town is destroyed. Um, oh, yeah, it's tore up they from got, the floor up. They, they got they got blood everywhere that they're trying to, like, clean up. I don't I don't even know why anybody's still here. Um, there's mm-hmm. hundreds of bodies just piling up. Um, and Trevor kind of goes into, like, the the town square, which is pretty much just a wreck. But there's a few, like, vendors and stuff set up gets himself a little food and he kind of learns that from like the people in the town square that there's a small tribe of speakers um which i'm not really sure what speakers are but basically the townspeople are blaming these speakers that like that these demons are appearing and it's all their fault and once they're purged then the demons will leave them alone which Hmm. me as a viewer i I automatically don't believe that, but... Um, no, exactly. It's the fucking religious people again, man. There they are. <laughs> I'm like, I don't believe you, but okay. Anyhow, and then the townspeople, they also tell Trevor about a legend known as the Sleeping Soldier, who is a great warrior who sleeps in the catacombs under the city. Um, mm-hmm. So put a pin in that one for now. Yes, indeed. Uh, then our boy Trevor, on his, on his journey through this town, he comes across two priests. Priests of all people, Chris, these... Yeah, these guys who are supposed to be "quote unquote" good, but they're yeah, uh, they're harassing they're, some old man. Yeah, they're, they're harassing an elder of the town. And uh, so, but before we get there, there's something that that I thought was kind of important. So as he's heading, as he before he gets to that uh, that point, you see these two guys carrying a, a body, and they toss it over the bridge. But then he like spits on like but he looks over and sees that it's just a pile of corpses, but he spits on it. Oh, see, I didn't know if that was important or not. I know, but like, I don't know. Like it, to me, it seemed important because it almost seems like Trevor also has like a resentment towards humanity in a sense, right? Oh, and that makes sense because like we find out that I guess getting a little ahead of myself here, but like we find out that like the Belmonts have basically been like excommunicated from like the church, and mm-hmm. they're kind of like almost outcast. Yeah, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, but I, I thought that was just a really neat thing because I was wondering. It's like he sees all these. They toss this dead body over the side, then he looks over and just fucking spits on him. On I'm like, Jesus, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is something to note. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said, th- this elder's getting bullied by these two priests, and uh, our boy Trevor comes to the rescue, Chris, and love that. These guys make the mistake. He basically warns them several times. He's like, "Look, 
don't mess with me. Just just go on about your way. Leave this man alone. And uh, they don't they don't want to listen, Chris. So he, he whips. He's got like this whip, um, which obviously if you play the Castlevania game, you know what. Oh, yeah. The, like, it's called the, uh, what is it called? The Vampire Slayer, I think is what it's called. Something along. I believe that's actually the name for it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, he, I want to say it, that, that's actually what it's called. Well, currently, Chris, it is used to remove fingers and eyes. Oh, my God. He, he takes a finger he off one and then. Oh, boy, up. Takes a finger off one and an eye out of the other guy, and uh, he basically tells him, "Hey, you need to run along." Um, and so the old man he he thanks Trevor and kind of invites him back to his home. Um, this is where he introduces Trevor to the other speakers. Um, there's like a, I think there's eleven of them, and they're missing their twelfth member. Oh, um, the Vampire Killer is what it's called. The Vampire Killer. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. So we're introduced to the speakers, uh, and they tell Trevor about the events. That happened at Targa Viste, where obviously Dracula's wife was burned um, by like the bishop and the members of the church. Um, and the elder also speaks of that same story we heard about earlier well, of this sleeping soldier. Uh, and he says that one of the speakers that they have went to find the sleeping soldier, but has not returned yet. Indeed. And... Uh, while the, while they're conversating, uh, one of the other speakers speaks up. Speaker speaks. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, he he says that the the one that's missing is the elder's grandchild. Um, mm-hmm. And so Trevor he offers to find the grandchild as long as the speakers agree to leave Greshit before nightfall, because obviously Dracula's army is going to come back every single night until everyone's dead. Yep. Uh, and also the, uh, the, the those fine religious folk of the town don't really care for the speakers being there either. Yeah, and like I, I don't know it, what exactly are the speakers. They I feel like they just they have like all this knowledge. Yeah, like they, they seem almost like uh, like to me I get the vibe that they're almost like uh, like the, like the Peace Corps kind of right. Like they come and they go from village to village and they help people. Okay. Um, so I don't know, like that—that's that, a vibe I get. That they're almost like missionaries is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like what exactly to describe them as, um, but they. Yeah, I think missionaries sounds right. Yeah, but they don't want any of their history written down. It's all has to mm-hmm. be spoken, hence the name speaker, yep. obviously, um, and so passed they're, down. They're a missionary cult. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> so we're there going it is. right in episode three here. Um, mm-hmm. Trevor heads into these catacombs to basically he's just going down to find the elder's grandchild. Who is presumed at this point to be dead? Um, mm-hmm. He finds a torch, lights it, um, kind of has a little bit of. He can light the path in front of him, but of course, Chris, these catacombs are ancient, and he, he falls through like several floors, and uh, he comes across when he like recovers. He uh, he comes up to this statue, which seems to be mm-hmm. like a. It it looks like a speaker, like they're wearing the same getup. Um, and before he can really investigate it any further, he's attacked by a cyclops, Chris. No, a giant cyclops, and we see uh, we get to see Trevor do what he does best here in a little bit for a little bit. Yeah, and he, he instantly knows that this is a stone eye cyclops, which I guess as soon as I saw it and he said that, I was like, oh, if it looks at you, it'll turn you to stone. No, this thing just shoots yep. out like beams of stone to turn you to stone. Um, and I like how he was like he knew what it was, and he was like, wow, that's like just right out of the family bestiary. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, he manages to kill it, um, throws his little short sword right into its eye. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, when he does this, it turns the statue back to flesh. Um, and he catches her. 
and it reveals this woman reveals herself to be Saifa Belnades. Yeah. Who of the course the granddaughter that we've heard so much about. That's right. And uh and then we also see like the bodies who have also been turned to stone. They they also like mm-hmm. return to flesh, obviously their like their heads have been cut off and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but Trevor returns her back to the elder, uh and they basically ask if he'll like, he's like please leave please yeah, leave for your own good yeah he continues he's like you guys need to get out of here um mm-hmm. and he's like i'll be back later um and when trevor is summoned to the church by right. a very familiar face that's right trevor goes to leave and this group of priests surround him and they basically insist that he goes to the church and um chris he stands before the bishop who we saw way back in targo viste i believe that son of a bitch that goddamn rattlesnake <clears throat> That's right, Chris. And um, he basically tells Trevor that he needs to leave the city by sundown or he will be executed. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, this is going back to like the Belmonts have been uh, like excommunicated from the church and yep. like, like they're just the outcast, essentially. Because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people, you, you hear, um, you do hear um, back in episode two when the guy is like, you know, you got the, the guy in the bar was like, the Belmonts are the reason that these monsters are here. And that's when Trevor was like, no, we fight them. We're, we're you know, so I, I'm sure that's probably the reason they're excommunicated. The church probably views them the same way as just a bunch of, bunch of, you know, ne'er-do-wells and heretics and witches and warlocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, the Bishop also plans to have like a mob uh, of the townspeople and priests, obviously to, to go and kill the speakers. Um, and he basically is like, Hey, pitchforks and torches at the ready. Yeah, so Trevor returns to the speakers and he informs them basically about the meeting with the bishop. And he's like, he instructs them, he's like, look, you guys really got to listen, get out of here. Uh, but of course, being the speakers being like the, the quote unquote good guys, they don't want to abandon the townspeople because they're just being basically controlled by the church at this point. And they want to like, they want to help in any way they can. Um, and of course, the mob approaches Chris with their torches and their pitchforks. And also we see Dracula's armies on their way because night, night's starting, like the sun's going down. Um, so the <laughs> all the bad stuff's happening right here. Oh, and, boy. Well, the mob breaks into the speaker's house only to find Trevor there. Um, mm-hmm. And he confronts them and says that he hid the speaker somewhere safe. Um, of course, fighting ensues after after some banter back and forth between Trevor and like one of the priests. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a, a, a nice big action scene where Trevor manages to defeat pretty much all of the priests. And it just, just like, I don't know. Like, it really lets you know that these Belmonts are not to be fucking trifled with. Like, they're all, like, they, 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 they train for a living to hunt the worst, like, you know, the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. No, he's Trevor Belmont. He's never lost a fight to man nor fucking beast. That's right. And he takes out most of these priests, uh, but he's still being pursued by this giant mob. Um, mm-hmm. But, of course, Chris, right before the episode ends... Night has come, and uh, Dracula's... What a terrible night to have a curse. That's right. Dracula's demon army has arrived and descends upon Gresset. Leading us up, Chris, into our final episode. Oh, man, these four episodes go so fucking fast, don't they? That's right. And this is probably my favorite scene out of season one. Is It's the demons, they enter the church, uh, and they finally confront this this bishop. So good. They call him out on his lies. They're like, "Where's your god now?" They're like, "They're just," I mean, he he's obviously been like a trash heap of a of a person. 
Yeah, um, and, he, and they're even saying stuff like, like, your God doesn't like you. Yeah. You know, shit like that. And they're like, but we like you. Yeah, there's like this blue fang demon, um, which can like, he, he get, he's <laughs> like old Greg, would you learn to love me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this blue fang, he can actually like speak like in, in human tongue. Um, mm-hmm. And the only reason I call him blue fang, Chris, is because I actually have one Castlevania Funko Pop and it's this, it's that Oh, get the fuck out of here. That's yeah, great. It's that monster. Um, but yeah, That's he, pretty great. he calls out the bishop on all of his bullshit and basically just eats him alive right there. Oh, yeah. He's like, I want to kiss you. It's not like he said, I want to kiss you or yeah. let me kiss you. And he just eats his fucking head. And just, that's it. Yeah. But I was so fucking glad for that bishop to get his. What a piece of shit. Yep. And uh, then we flash back over to Trevor. Um, obviously, he's still running from this mob that's chasing after him. And then suddenly, like, we get, like, a circle of flames appear around him. And it turns out that Sypha, I think that you do, that's how you say your name, right, Sypha? Yep, Sypha. Okay. Um, turns out she's a magician, and she can, like, wield fire and ice and all kinds oh, of yeah. stuff. Oh, the, yeah. The, the secret of the speakers. Yeah, she's a, she's a magician, like we said. And uh, Trevor actually, she, like, kind of, like, makes a path of flames so Trevor can escape this mob. But then, of course, he looks over and he sees that priest from before, the one that he tore the finger off of. And he kind of uses him to, like, call out the entire, like, clergy, really, on all of the all of the bullshit they've been spewing to these yeah. townspeople. Um, and the townspeople, like, without question, like, instantly believe everything Trevor's saying. And they, they all team up together and they take down the priest themselves. Um, oh, so beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see these guys get what they deserve because... They've all been treating all of these like between Greshit and the first town, like they've just been horrible. Um, well, and you got to figure, right? Like literally everything that's happened up to this point is their fucking fault. Oh yeah, everything. Because um, they've been burning. They burnt Lisa. Obviously, they've been burning people that they just anybody that they think might be a witch. Oh, burn her at the stake. Um, yeah, and if Trevor wasn't there, they'd have definitely tried to kill all of the speakers. Even though I'm sure Sypha would have. Uh, would have had something to say about that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but of course, then the demons begin attacking, mm-hmm. uh, and this is where Trevor kind of goes into like <laughs> almost like a, like an army general or something. Like he he instructs like you guys grab the salt, you guys get holy water. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of comes up with like a like a strategy to fight off these demons. Um, Absolutely. He has cipher form walls of ice so that the demons only have one path towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, they bottleneck him, man. The, the old 300 strategy. That's right. He's like the I haven't pike. seen that since Thermopylae. <laughs> that's right. He's like the pikes up front. And uh, so that way they can only come from come from one way, basically. And Some some call that, Cody, the pie in the windowsill maneuver. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they managed Maybe. to... Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a strategist. <laughs> they managed to defeat him. And then, of course, the last one they take out is the blue fang one who can talk. And he basically says there's an army from hell of us basically so just kind of doing a little foreshadowing there like mm-hmm. we're not the only ones um but of course <laughs> they can't celebrate their victory because of course once they defeat all these guys then the floor breaks out beneath them and trevor and sypha fall back down into the catacombs mm-hmm. and of course chris they just continue to fall deeper and deeper uh, mostly because the structure insides are they're just falling apart just old haggard but of course we eventually come to like a place that's like looks kind of nice looks like a Mm -hmm. a, like a nice little place here and uh of course they come up 
to the sleeping soldier. Oh, yes. Who is a man in a coffin. Well, and, and Trevor, actually, I can't remember if that's in this episode or the episode before. There were engravings on the wall or, or like things that Trevor recognizes like, oh, this shit's like straight from Dracula's castle. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that was this episode or the episode before, because he's telling that to Sypha that like, oh, no, that like I know what's down here. There's you know, this. This is stuff from Dracula's castle. Yeah, he clearly has some kind of history with it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they come across this man. And of course, like Trevor steps on something on the floor that activates and then the coffin like rises up and then out steps uh, this this vampire, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I believe his name is uh, Adrian Fahrenheit Tepish. Yeah, Adrian Tepish. And uh, yep. they kind of have some talking back and forth. He's like, what are you guys doing here? Um, and basically Sypha informs him about Dracula and his army or running buck wild all over Wallachia. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Trevor, he knows he's a vampire and you can tell by his teeth also. <clears throat> yep. And of course the Belmonts used to kill vampires, um, which I, the, you can tell like the tension is rising between Trevor and Adrian and, uh, he summons a sword and battle ensues between the two of them. Cause then he say like. Oh, you kill vampires? You think you can kill me or something like that? He has something, like, real witty to say to him. Yeah, they're very, like, snarky towards each other. Like, mm-hmm. you could tell that, like, and Cypher's kind of just trying to be like, we need to Stop. work together. Like, yeah. we literally need you to defeat Dracula, so. Yeah, dicks away. Now. Um, so, th- we get, like, a an awesome fight scene here. I, I, I don't really have much notes on it because it wouldn't mm-hmm. really do it any justice. But Oh, it, no, it's, it's one that, like, like, this last episode, if you... If, you want to show somebody Castlevania? Just show them this this fight scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. But yeah, it's a big back and forth fight scene, and eventually, uh, Adrian pins Trevor down. Um, he's like, "I could rip your throat out," uh, but Trevor also has like uh, his like blade in 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 like being stabbed into the into Adrian. And yeah, so- he's like he sa- he says something like, uh, "Hey, just like do me a favor, don't get any of your blood on my tunic." Yeah, um, but of course, Cipher interferes and she's like look i will incinerate you if you if you hurt trevor um mm-hmm. and this is where adrian kind of drops the act he introduces himself as adrian tepes son of dracula mm-hmm. better known to the wallachians as alucard yep which is dracula spelled backwards by god oh my god i actually didn't know that part that's crazy oh really yeah alucard is dracula spelled backwards <laughs> i have like the mind-blown meme <laughs> <laughs> and of course uh, it seems like Alucard was basically just testing him. Like, it seems yeah. like he was kind of holding back and just making sure that, like, these guys would qualify for the, for what they're about to, like, yep. go after. Uh, basically, he announces his plan. He wants to kill his father and save Wallachia because it is what his mother would have wanted. Um, and so we have, like, this unlikely alliance between these three, Chris, mm-hmm. um, and Q, push it to the limit, and cue the montage. And that's where it ends. Yep, that's, that is the end of season one. Um, God. And, uh, Cody, you know, for it only being four episodes, I don't think there was a more perfect place to end season one. Like, yeah. at all. Yeah, I think it was awesome. Um, yeah. I remember when I first watched it, uh, Netflix kind of just, I <laughs> they restarted the show on me. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was just going right into episode five. 
And uh, <laughs> and it, like starts off at the beginning, like where Lisa's going up to the castle and knocking on the door. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, oh, this is just a flashback. We're I'm gonna like, get more. We're gonna get more of what happened here. And you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I was just back on episode one. I'm like, oh, that's it. Oh Th- no, this is very sad. And uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say they hit it out of the park uh, with these first. Oh, four dude, episodes. a fucking home run, a grand slam. Some might even call it. Yeah, like you don't like I've hardly played any of the games, and I feel like I know everything that's going on. I understand everything that's going on. The story's very intriguing. I'm all in. I'm all ready for season two. Oh, absolutely. I I, I was in the minute they announced it because I am such a fan of the games. I'm I'm a big old fucking mark for Castlevania. Um, which is kind of funny, Cody, because we do have a question this week that might actually be hard for you to answer. That's right, Chris. Uh, our, our question this week, which is, what is your favorite Castlevania game? Um, well, I'm going to let you start there, my friend. I, I will you've start. You've got pretty limited exposure, right? I, I would say my favorite Castlevania game is Castlevania 1, Chris. Um, sure. And that's a damn good one to love. That's Of a... course. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Please, go ahead. I, I, was gonna... I only I'm... have these two because I have the I got the NES Classic, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Um and I've only I've only really played Castlevania one. I just own Simon's Quest as well. Don't even fucking bother. Simon's Quest is a bad game. It is a bad game. You go cut it on, not know what the fuck's going on because nobody knew what the fuck was going on in that game. Right, but they, these games actually like created their own their own genre. Like you hear the term Metroidvania, which is based mm-hmm. off of Metroid and Castlevania, of course. Um, yep. Unfortunately, two game series, which I've only played the first one of. <laughs> oh, jeez, Cody, Cody, yeah. you're killing me. You can, you know, but that's okay. Look, listen. If you're gonna play Castlevania, because um, like I've said before at the top of this thing, the 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 Requiem Collection is probably the best because Cody, my favorite game. Not, I'm not counting the Requiem Collection as a game, even though I would want to for Desert Island purposes. My favorite Castlevania is actually Rondo of Blood, which is the the prequel game or the game that came before symphony of the night. Um, it was actually a Japanese super Nintendo game. It, it, it was, it was all on the uh, super Nintendo in America under the name Dracula X, but it was a very like watered down, like worse version of that game. Okay. Um, and it's probably one of the most rare super, like it's, you're probably going to pay a couple hundred dollars for just a cartridge. Um, Cause it's that hard to find. It's super rare. Um, but, uh, Rondo of Blood is a excellent game. Like it's the same, you know, this is before they got into the kind of exploratory kind of Metroid style of Castlevania. Like this was like the last one that had the standard, uh, platformer with levels and things like that. Um, but it's a fantastic game. Like it's difficult. It's, it's challenging. Like each, each boss has like a really neat kind of, uh, not just a neat like play pattern, but like they all get like these crazy like final hits in, which you can very much die on. Like you could like the boss fights are hard, but Cody, they'll have these things like when you kill them, they have like this final like attack that they do before they die. And if it kills you, you have to fight the fucker over. Yeah, I feel like all spoiler like... alert for anybody who hasn't played it. <laughs> I feel like all old like Nintendo Super Nintendo games were just so much harder than games today. All like... they were. They didn't hold your hand, man. They were like, here you are. Press start. You're in. Yeah. The story yeah. was in the instruction book. <laughs> Love that. Um but yeah, unfortunately I've only played the first Castlevania really. Um mm-hmm. 
it's still a good one to play. Like I was saying before, it's um, you know, speedrunners love to play it. It, it's just a good classic eight-bit platformer. It's probably one of the best games on the system because it's super simple. Um, but if you were gonna, if you had to play any one on the Nintendo, Drac- uh, Castlevania Three, Dracula's Curse, which is what this this seasons one and two of Castlevania are, are based on, that's the one to play because you get to play as a, uh, you get to play as. Um, um, Trevor, uh, you meet. You can meet and recruit Alucard. I believe that. I believe Sypha is in that game as well. Um, she might be named something else. Okay, so this is like loosely, at least a little bit based off of that. Yes. Yeah, the characters you. Uh, yeah, you actually. Yeah, you play um, Sypha, Alucard, Trevor, and uh, there's a uh, thief you meet. His name is Grant. Okay. And I can't remember. I don't think we've. I don't think we've met Grant yet in the. St- series or maybe we have no he is he sure is just not in this season uh yeah i'm trying to remember what season we meet him in I'm trying to remember other characters like, names he comes cause... across as like a priest most of the characters i remember are all like the the guys that are with dracula all the evil uh people so what i'm reading here is people are saying i don't think it's been confirmed but people are saying that the the bald priest that uh that alucard fights the one he takes his finger and eye they're saying that that's grant oh the but, one that trevor fights saying- yeah but like grant becomes like your ally and you actually play him in the but i mean they're they're not playing the you know they're not going by the actual game but like grant yeah. was a thief yeah it's just kind of some of the characters basically um, yeah but that's interesting though that it's actually like at least loosely based on... Yeah, and one... like the story's pretty similar. Yeah, I feel like Dracula's like the main villain and uh, mm-hmm. obviously you know more than I know, but like I feel like he's oh, yeah. like the main bad guy in a bunch of the games. Um, yeah, he's like the main villain in almost all of them. The one where he's notably not is Castlevania Bloodlines on the Sega Genesis where Carmilla is actually the main villain, which is what, Dracula's sister or daughter or some shit like that? I don't remember. Never played it, so I I have no no idea. But you said Rondo Blood is your favorite. Yes. Uh, obviously, Castlevania. I could talk Castlevania all fucking day. That's right. Uh, Castlevania One obviously would be my my go to favorite. Unfortunately, it's the only one I've yeah. played. Maybe this week, uh, I'll I'll try and find some time where I can dive in and maybe even try and beat that game. Uh, obviously, oh yeah, it's, do it, man. It's, it's an it's a Nintendo game, so those are always uh, always hard. <laughs> yeah, I want you to figure it out. Like the the game is relatively easy until you get to the last level where shit gets kind of like Nintendo unfair where you're like, Oh, I can't just jump over this. I've got to fucking go around my elbow to get to my thumb first. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it gets very Nintendo in like the last level, but it's good. It's definitely, if you haven't finished it, it's definitely worth playing. But you, if you want to learn, if you want to know everything you want to know about Castlevania two, just watch somebody play it or watch the very first episode of the angry video game nerd. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. That's e- all you'll need. Either way. <laughs> um, but yeah, that pretty much that wraps up our our coverage this week of Castlevania, the Netflix original. Yeah, season. I'm excited to dive back into season two, man. Yeah, I absolutely am. Um, now, have you seen this entire series, Chris? I actually have not finished season three. Okay, cool. So we'll be able to yeah. have you experience the end or the. Not, yeah. the, not the end, just season three for 
the first time. Yeah, through. I've watched like the first couple episodes because season three has a lot of the characters from um, oh, one of the PlayStation games. Um, like, uh, was it Isaac and... Yeah, Isaac's there and... Oscar? Oscar? No, not Oscar. Oscar Isaac. I'm thinking Oscar Isaac. No, it's Isaac and somebody else. I can't remember his name, but like they're two characters from like the PlayStation 2 games. Okay. I was wondering if they were like somehow tied into this whole thing, which I figured they were. Um, yep. But yeah, obviously next week we'll be going over Castlevania Season 2. Um, so yep. if you guys... Eight episodes, baby. That's right. And we're going to one-shot. We're doing it all in one go. All in one go. Um, so if you guys want to follow along, obviously series is only available on netflix so um but if you didn't have netflix i i don't know how you survived 2020 uh, but that's true too please follow along with us guys and uh be sure to follow us on our social media pages at shonen and suds on twitter and facebook and chris i got nothing else for this day um no nah, man that's it I, I highly recommend you uh you you fire up your nes classic and play some castlevania and that goes for everybody Grab your favorite Castlevania game and just give it a go. You're not going anywhere. That's right. And I have no more football to watch, Chris, because the Steelers have lost. So. Oh, man. I, Oof. <laughs> I, I've got more to watch, but uh, if, if everything plays like as history has foretold it or as history has shown, the uh, my Buccaneers will catch a probably a violent loss at the hands of the Saints yet again because they have our fucking number. This will be the third time this year, and you know, maybe postseason Tom Brady will be on fire. Yeah, he's 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 known to be pretty good in the postseason, so we'll... that's what I hear. And man, if we can beat, I, I tell you, man, dude, if we beat the Saints, I think we win the NFC. But we still get bought by the Chiefs. That's a that's a, those are some bold statements there, Chris. Um, so yeah. we'll just, we'll just have to fi- stay tuned next week. Get to hear mm-hmm. about season two. Um, we'll get to hear if Chris's Bucks managed to pull out the win against the Saints and. Uh, oh. All kinds of other great stories, guys. Once again, I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. Thank you, 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 from the heart of my bottom for listening to Shonen and Suds yet again.